You are now listening to Trillionaires, a race ahead. Great recession did not affect everyone in the same way. A new report shows that the wealth gap between whites, blacks, and Hispanics are the widest they've been since the government started keeping track 25 years ago. What's good, everybody? Welcome to Trillionaires, a race ahead, a podcast that explores how politics, racism, and economics all contribute to the racial wealth divide in America. I'm your host, Danny Blue. And first and foremost, thank y'all so much for tuning into this episode. Um, you know, shout out to everybody that has, you know, personally reached out to me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter that has seen me out and been like, yo, when the next trillionaire is dropping um, and told me how much uh, you love the show and how much value you gotten from the show, man. Um, honestly, I would have never thought that, you know, I had this much of an, an influence on people. And it honestly is so humbling. And why I took so long in between episodes, because I just needed to take a step back and figure out what I wanted to do with this show um, and how I wanted to grow and evolve it and use my platform responsibly to bring about a true change. So hopefully uh, some, some we got some things in the works, some exciting news that I'll be dropping soon once I, everything gets ironed out. So stay tuned for that. As far as this week's episode, it's going to be a two-part episode. This is going to lay the foundation for part two. It's going to be the reparations debate. And I want to talk about why we need to shift our focus away from screaming Black Lives Matter and painting Black Lives Matter in streets to demanding reparations because it's time and it's past due. Part two is going to build more on how reparations programs have been built throughout history. So I'm going to go into detail about reparations that Native Americans got. I'm going to go into detail about reparations that Jewish people got and descendants of Jewish people got as a result of the Holocaust. And I'm also going to go into detail about reparations that Japanese Americans got as a result of uh, being in, in internment camps during World War II. So again, two parts. This is part one. You know the drill. Throw on your thinking caps. Strapping your seatbelt, turn the volume the up, and let's get into this week's force, episode. The sole motivating force in a capitalist society is profit. Profit. That is the sole motivating force. Profit. Get money. Get it. Get it as fast as you can. Get it any way you can, but get it. Just get it. Just get it. And uh, even in, uh, you know, in the African community, this, it affects us here in this country because Africans, those of us living in America, those of us born in America, we are imbued with the philosophy of capitalism, and sometimes we don't even recognize it. Thus, you find brothers and sisters even selling dope to their brothers and sisters to make money. Again, because we're imbued with the philosophy of get some money. Ain't nothing wrong to kill for money. Hell, your country is napalming for money. You can certainly kill for some money. If you listen to Trillionaires 1 through 5, you understand how we got here. You know that America, its foundation, its economic system of capitalism was built on the backs of slavery. America itself was established 
as an offset from Great Britain, from Europeans who fled here for quote unquote freedom, fought a war, the American Revolution was from freedom from the uh, monarchical system, which is the, the, the where king and queen controls um, you know the government. They wanted to flee that system in Great Britain, come to America and establish their own. How did they get this land in America? Blood, war, rape, torture. Enslaved both the indigenous people here, Native Americans, and also enslaved black people from the Caribbean and Africa. For that period of time, the foundation of America was built. And if you were to put the analogy to a house, right? The House of America was built in 1607 when the first English settlement was established. That foundation was built poorly. It was built on mud. And as we began to quote unquote progress, as time went on, we continued to build that house, the House of America, bigger, but yet never thought to change the foundation. We're adding new doors, aka new laws. We're adding new windows. We changed the roof every four years with the president or every eight years in some instances. We add new paint jobs, getting rid of segregation. All these things to make the house of America look good to the outside world. But for us that are here, especially those that uh, classify as black, brown, African-American, Black American. Uh, We can get into African-American terminology later, but you get the point. Those that understand the Black American struggle know that the quote-unquote American dream is only a dream for us in large parts. It is a reality for the dominant white society, those that own and control the resources. Again, that's what racism is all about. Go back to episode one and two. Racism is a literal race to see who can control the most land and or resources. Once you get that control, you hold on to it. So descendants of Europeans have that control, undeniable, right? We know the figures on the wealth gap. I don't have to reinvert that. But to tie back to the the foundational analogy that I was speaking on, how do you expect America to change by just painting the walls of its house? When its foundation is built on mud bricks. It's shaky. 
in order for us to change the systems of America, in order for us to change the way of life in America, we have to burn the house down, tear it down, demolish it, completely build it brand new. There is no other way for us to bring about change in this country without destroying the current system of capitalism, which is directly tied to racism. Stokely Carmichael put it this way. For those that think that we can just continue to vote and elect black leaders and have a seat at the table and think that change will come about that way, that's called reform. You're not doing anything but changing the face, painting the walls, putting in new floors, but the foundation of your system is still unstable. We had a black president for eight years and black wealth decreased. Black unemployment increased. Black Lives Matter was started in the Obama administration. Under a black president, we had to have a national campaign saying that our lives mattered. What does that tell you? We had a person of color elected to the highest and most powerful position in the land. And yet George Floyd still was killed. Breonna Taylor still was killed. Ahmaud Aubrey still was killed. Nothing was changed. If you want to go about reform, that's fine. We can agree to disagree. I would argue that's just too much of a slow change. I mean, from from the 60s till now, we don't have to we don't have to worry about different fountains, different restrooms. We can go to the same restaurant, sit beside a, 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 a white person in school. But the quote goes, what is the point of me being able to sit beside you at a restaurant? If I can't afford to order and pay for the hamburger that you're eating. And I want to wrap this up by saying that I feel like we have settled for small victories because we don't truly understand how powerful we are. We literally made buying black cool because we realized that it was a necessity now. It's a necessity. You had companies putting up Black Lives Matter promotions and, and messages because they understand that you run the culture. What you say is cool, what you wear, 
what you co-sign influences the economy. Trillionaires. That's what you are. Now it's time to wake up. We can't allow this time to pass. We cannot allow this time to pass. It is too important. And in my opinion, we cannot settle for Black Lives Matter murals in every black city in America. That's idiotic. It's surface level. It's a great sign of progression, but that's it. All it is is a sign. Like every Martin Luther King Boulevard in every major black city in this country. It is just a sign. It's surface level. Real progression is the United States government saying to those descendants of slaves in America, both indigenous and African or black, we established this country on the backs of your ancestors. Our wealth largely comes from your ancestors' sweat, blood, and enslavement. We tortured you for over 250 years. We raped your women. We killed you all because we didn't want to work for ourselves. All because we wanted to get wealthy. And we've held that wealth for over 400 years. And that is not right. Not only do we apologize, we think that it is more than time for us to repay the debts of your ancestors in order to create a more equitable and just society. Why can we not demand that? Why aren't our leaders, those with the platform, those with the voice, those with the reach, use their platforms to spread this message and demand it? We got police departments defunded across the country. We've gotten cops arrested. We put pressure on them to be charged in some cases. We've brought about um, injustices to a national platform, all from us sharing, speaking on, and not being silent. Why can we not do the same thing when it comes to demanding what we are owed? Why can we not do the same thing? I don't understand it. And of course, you're going to have those that say, well, where's the money going to come from? And, oh, I'm, uh, you weren't enslaved. Why should I pay you back? And that, that is the argument that I've gotten from people that classify as white. And I've had conversations with them, even though I was not personally enslaved. It's not that far back. My great great grandmother and grandfather were enslaved. My great great grandfather was a sharecropper, which is just another form of slavery. Listen to episode two. 
in all that time, your family has been able to freely move, make more than me on a job, invest, buy homes, buy land, and continue to gain wealth. All while I have been made to be a survivor. I have been made to just get by. My family has been made to get by because we've been held out of creating wealth for so long that it provides you with an unfair advantage. Again, racism and race in general is nothing but a a, a mental paradox. It's fake. It was made up. Just like stereotypes. Black people were stereotyped to be angry. They were stereotyped to be, um, especially men, with Birth of a Nation in 1912, I believe. They were, they're stereotyped to be race, rapists. They're stereotyped to be brutal, ignorant, Why were these stereotypes created? We are stereotyped to be more prone to be criminals. All so that whites can treat us like that. That is is it. You are stereotyped and you are seen as a threat, a criminal. When you walk down the street, a, a, a white woman may clutch her purse because she's been programmed to believe that you would steal from her. Not by any fault of your own, by her own ignorance. So those stereotypes allow her to treat you as a criminal. Them saying that, oh, black people are, they're they're dumb. They're not even really, they're three-fifths of a human, you know. They're not that smart. So we should just enslave them and force them to work for us. When if we're doing all the work, If we're doing all the labor, if we're creating everything, if we're the inventors, who's really the smart one and who's really the dumb one? Yeah, you're smart because you created this system and mind fucked us for so long that it's hard for us to see anything outside of it. And that's really it. It's a change in mindset. In order for America to change, the consciousness of its citizens must rise. We have to become educated on the truth. And that's what this that's why this podcast is so important, man, because I don't have an agenda. My agenda is to give you the truth and what's just and fair I don't I don't care about supremacy. I don't think white supremacy should be um, uh, switched with black supremacy. I don't want to be in control of anybody, but I do want my people to be able to live in this country, be treated fairly, be treated justly, be paid equally and get what they are owed and be left the fuck alone. And excuse my French, let us be able to have the same access that you've had. Let us get the same 
education that you've gotten. Let us get paid the same. Let us get the same uh, laws and statutes that have been passed that you've been able to take advantage of and, and gain wealth. Let us get those same benefits so that we can take care of our families, so that we can have our own communities that we could be proud of. That we can shop with each other and not and not be jealous of each other and need to harm or want to do harm or be jealous of because there is limited opportunity. That's all it is. The crabs in a barrel mentality that that crabs in a barrel uh, statement comes because in this present society, there is limited opportunity for a black person to get out of the hood and make something of themselves. How many people that you know that just graduated college for the first time? How many people that you know that make more money in this generation than than their parents did? How many people that you know are still in their same neighborhoods that they've grown up in, that have never moved, that have never traveled? It's only a few that are able to get out. It's only a few that are able to see success. And once that window closes, it creates resentment because it doesn't mean that those that are left in the hood are less than. No, they just don't have the same opportunity. In order for us to change, we got to use our voices and platforms responsibly. Start holding celebrities that talk about bullshit. What if the shade room? Or ball alert, all those stupid online Instagram blogs. What if what if these platforms that share nothing but black news, black entertainers doing dumb shit, drama, what if they use their platform to educate us on why reparations is needed? What if they use their platform to share this podcast? And it reached the millions of people that visit their page every day. What if Beyonce, Jay-Z, Kanye West, Oprah, LeBron, Colin Kaepernick? I mean, the list goes on and on. What if all of them got together and say, yo, we got to stop posting. We're going to stop making music. We're going to stop doing films. We're just going to put out content, post about, talk about, write about, the injustices that are happening in this country and where it stems from and why we need to change this system. Why, why can't we do that? Because capitalism is an evil system. It's not just whites that benefit from it, but the few blacks that do get, get through the cracks and especially reach those heights. They don't want to risk it. The money becomes so much. See, a capitalist only cares about money. They don't care about morality. They don't care about justice. Capitalists only care about profits. We could, you could, you could sit out, you could, you could protest, you could boycott, you could say, I demand $15 an hour. Prices on those products that the company makes is only going to rise to make sure that they don't lose profits because they only care about profits. That's it. 
that's not a system that can sustain longevity. That's why the market goes up and down so much. That's why where there's a recession every eight to 10 years, because eventually enough is enough. We don't need as much as we need. There doesn't need to be this, this many cars on the road. You don't need as many as much clothes as you as you have. You don't need as much shoes as you have. But this system that we're in forces us and programs us to buy and spend and want more. It won't be until we raise our level of awareness. It won't be until we lay, raise our, our, our level of, of consciousness and morality so that we can understand that this system is broken. I got off on a, a little bit of a tangent there because if you can't tell, man, this is something that I'm very passionate about. Uh, I had someone ask me, if not capitalism, then what? One would argue socialism is the only logical answer to end capitalism. But I think that there needs to be some some form of, of, of capitalism and socialism, maybe a hybrid. I think that where other countries like Canada, Sweden, um, the Netherlands, not the Netherlands, New Zealand, I'm, I apologize for that, where those countries get it right is that they have their government provide universal necessities. I don't think there should be a homelessness problem in the quote unquote richest country in the world. I don't think there should be children that, that go to school and don't have food to eat. I don't think you should have schools that benefit those in better zip codes. If we have a public education system, the education system, the education that each student gets should be top notch. It is for the public. It is for those that need it the most, so it should be the best. But none of this means anything, nothing, unless we can revolutionize and get America to admit its original sin. None of this mattered. Defunding the police, Amazon putting up a Black Lives Matter post, Starbucks, none of that matters. Y'all know what America did. You know how you, your, your company has benefited from capitalism. You know that this country was built on slavery. You know that there's a, a racial wealth gap in this country. And that wealth and income inequality is at an all-time high. Jeff Bezos, you know that. Why not use your platform to demand real change? I don't care 
about your post. I don't care about you saying you're an ally. I don't care about your murals on the street. I care about you demanding change. Each and every one of you that hear my voice, share this podcast episode. Share the entire series of episodes with someone who needs to better understand why reparations is important. This, this isn't about black people saying, oh, we want, a, we want handouts. We didn't get a handout or a head start. My guy, you did. We've been chasing behind you with our handcuffs behind our back and a ball and chain on one of our legs, fighting, inching to try to make progress. In 1865, blacks owned one half of 1% of the wealth in this country at the time of emancipation. Today in 2020, it's a little over one and a half percent. So over 400 years for 1% of progress. This isn't, again, about a handout. This is about what's right, what's owed, and what's due. Well, Danny, how do we go about doing reparations? What's, what's the amount? We know that slaves were valuable. Researchers uh, like Sean Rochester, for example, you can look it up. Um, in 2016 said that if you were to put the value of slaves in today's dollars, they would be their labor and their outputs of their labor would be worth upwards of $15 trillion. And we just saw $3 trillion appear out of the sky being made with coronavirus in the stimulus package. So I don't want to hear that the money can't be created. There's land that can be divided and given. There is grants that can be given to uh, allow descendants of slaves to purchase homes for little to no cost. There is tax incentives that can be given. There is student loans that can be forgiven. And there is cash checks that can be dispersed. But if you want to know the number, if it's not in the trillions, double digit trillions, and I'm not talking about just cash, the whole package, we can get creative with it. That's not up for me to decide. But I do know that it's time. If you're listening to this episode, if you agree with me, even if you don't agree with me, I would love to converse with you. But share it. Just share this episode. Use your platform responsibly. If you care about justice, if you care about equality, 
if you truly want to use your your platform, your audience, your reach to bring about change, let's start to have this conversation about righting the wrongs in this country and the original sin of slavery. Until that is forgiven, until Amazon puts up a a post on their website that says America was created on slavery. America's wealth came from enslaving black people for 250 years. And they, they were never repaid. It's time to repay them. Sign this petition to support reparations. Until I see those messages from Amazon, from Microsoft, from Starbucks, the Black Lives Matter bullshit, I don't care about. And I would challenge y'all to stop shopping at these establishments that are not owned by people that look like you as much as possible. We can't just think differently. We have to act differently. Buy black isn't a trend. This blackout day, I mean, it's not a day that you buy black. It's not a day that you don't buy white. This is something that needs to become your lifestyle. Your way of thinking needs to change when it comes to how you see and interact with black people. If you don't want it to change, get out of the way. Let us that can make that mental change lead this generation into its next revolution. Because if we don't do it, I fear it won't happen. That's all I got, man. Again, if you if you understand the struggle, if you support it, that I won't share say Find your purpose or you wasting air. Fuck it though, y'all niggas scared. Eyes open, I can see it clear. They don't make them bar none, they don't make them real. They don't make it where I'm from, they don't take it here. They ain't seeing due time, I be making meals. Bossed up in this game, I've been making deals. It's your lawyer.